if a patient is within a hospital, what's the most convenient way for them to turn on the lights or turn off the lights or ask a nurse to come to them or operate the TV in their room? Voice is actually a very natural way. That's one of the reasons, by the way, you are seeing that Alexa is now getting more popularity in senior care homes. It's convenient. It's like a companion is the natural way human have interacted for a long time. And by the way, I don't think nurses also like to come and turn on the TV for you or do those things. They want to care for you. They want the emotional connection part. Welcome to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. For our final two episodes of this podcast season, we're going to be diving deep with a two-part series on the latest technology sweeping healthcare. I'm talking about the rise of voice assistants. Last month, Amazon Alexa announced a new skill that made the platform compliant with HIPAA, a set of privacy rules that govern patient data. Google, Apple, and Microsoft are also positioned to bring their voice assistants into health. Today, we'll hear from innovators at two major health systems about the current applications of voice in healthcare and its future. This is the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I'm reporter James Thorne. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at primera.com slash innovation. First up, we have a healthcare system that's right in Amazon's backyard and using Alexa, Providence St. Joseph Health. My name is Mariam Golami, and I'm the Vice President of Product at Providence and St. Joe's Hospital System. Mariam works on the Digital Innovation Group at Providence, which is led by former Amazon exec Aaron Martin. So the Alexa skills that we have developed allows you to book an appointment, a same-day care appointment or appointment for uh, next day with a clinic nearby your address. And all of that is done through voice. Providence St. Joseph is a massive organization and it has a lot of opportunities, things it could invest in. Why did it decide to put these resources towards uh, building a voice app? We see voice uh, having massive impacts on healthcare in the future, both for consumers and caregivers. As you can see, consumers are buying all these voice devices, whether it's Alexa or a Google device. And actually, they can access voice through their phones as well. So it's important for us to start early, learn about the consumer's behavior, and perfect that experience. It doesn't happen overnight. Miriam's team worked with the Alexa group to figure out how they wanted to use the platform. They also dealt with privacy concerns. And through this, Miriam learned a lot about what goes into this brand new way of communicating. And by the way, there is such a thing called that as a VUI designers, voice as a user interface. I know it's cool. It was very collaborative and it was fast. We, you know, <laughs> it, was a, it was just a two, two to three months period where we have to really go fast at this with a very small team. But I think it, it was a great partnership. Was this your first time working in voice? No. I worked at Microsoft. That was prior to 2013. And what I was working on was on Cortana, another digital assistant. And voice was also a medium for Cortana to communicate with users. What's exciting for me, honestly, is uh, to see all the improvements that, ha- that have been done. My accent was a problem for years. And guess what? Alexa has no problem with my accent. So technology has come uh, you know, a long way, even from that perspective. Now what I'm looking forward to see is, can it actually do the NLG, natural language generation, and converse with me in a more natural way? 
I asked Miriam to walk me through how the booking assistant works. So I'm going to actually invoke Alexa. Alexa, open Swedish Health Connect. Welcome back to Swedish Health Connect. I can help with scheduling or canceling express care appointments. Your closest clinic is Swedish Express Care at Walgreens Mercer Island on 7707 Southeast 27th Street. There are appointments at 3 p.m., 3.20 p.m., 3.40 p.m., later today and later tomorrow. Which would you like? Later tomorrow. Our clinic hours are from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. What time would be ideal? 6.40 p.m. You want to schedule an appointment at Swedish Express Care at Walgreens Mercer Island 7707 Southeast 27th Street at 6.40 p.m. tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. You're all set. I've emailed you the appointment details. Your appointment will be at Swedish Express Care at Walgreens Mercer Island 7707 Southeast 27th Street at 6.40 p.m. tomorrow. Thanks for using Swedish Health Connect. Goodbye. And how receptive have patients been to this technology? You know, I've been pleasantly surprised. So we launched in April. We have seen over 100 users enabling the skill, interacting with it. And I think what's going to be key is the awareness, but also for users to start to learn that actually this thing can talk to me and do all these things for me. For health workers, what have you seen from them in terms of their appetite for this kind of technology in the hospital or just in the office? There, it's, it's like any other technology. There are health workers, there are doctors who are very excited to test out some technologies. So, for example, when you think about documentation of the patient's health information while doctors are actually engaging with the patients, you know, that's pretty hard for the doctors. It's hard for me to document and talk to you at the same time. It's just not natural. And we also have data that shows that many providers go home at night after uh, all day with patients, and they have to complete their documentation. So we have seen interest from providers, for example, wanting the ascribing, the voice bots that do ascribing. They listen to you, and they can do the documentation. So there is appetite there. There's definitely curiosity. But, you know, it's like anything else. Even me, I have been working in the technology for a long time. If you change the workflow that I have and ask me to use something else, I'm going to be hesitant if there's issues I might be even more hesitant initially. One of the earliest hospitals to place a bet on voice apps was Boston Children's Hospital. John Brownstein, the chief innovation officer at Boston Children's, is responsible for finding exciting new technologies for the hospital to use. His department works a bit like an accelerator. They partner with established companies and startups to make new digital products. We have been working with Amazon for several years. We actually launched the first skill for the Amazon Alexa. It was called KidsMD, and that was really a tool to help parents get answers about acute conditions for their kids. But there was no connection back to the actual care that those patients had. So it was only natural that when Amazon added HIPAA compliance to Alexa, John was right there with them. In working with Amazon and and the move towards HIPAA compliance and being part of that, we could finally start rolling out use cases where there was a direct connection to the care that a patient is being provided at our hospital. We launched this skill, which is around post-recovery after cardiac surgery, where these are very complicated procedures that require a long period of time 
to recover. Over the years, John has seen a lot of technology fail to live up to the hype. But he thinks things might be different with these new voice apps. We've been on this journey around digital tools for, of course, many decades. And what we found is the layering of new technologies has not actually reduced complexity, has not made life easier for a lot of our providers and patients. We've been sort of thinking about how new user interfaces that are more natural in their engagement and more passive in their data collection can potentially have a transformational impact on providing care. There's a role for bringing voice, which is the main interface of healthcare anyways, into a variety of settings, whether it's to improve patient access, whether it's to improve the ways in which a conversation happens between a provider and a patient, whether it's ways in which physicians can access information on the go and in sterile environments. There are so many use cases where a voice interface can play a really foundational role and actually a transformational role in the delivery of care. What are the challenges and and some of the limitations of voice apps in healthcare? Not every interaction could be done or should be done via voice, but our view is that in many instances, like voice represents the main tool that you have to engage with technology. And so we just have to be very clear that we have to identify the use cases where there's promise and not just building voice applications for the sake of it, just because you can put something on, on Alexa doesn't mean you should. I asked Mariam what she thought about the privacy challenges of voice apps in healthcare. I'm always worried about the storage of my, my own information. Uh, in this case, the storage of the information is anonymized data that is going to be used to improve what we talked about, the voice recognition, natural language processing, and natural language generation. So it's really not about a specific patient data. We spend a few months going over all the details, making sure that patient data is going to be safe and secure and that we actually meet the HIPAA standards. And that's why it's so exciting to see that one of these platforms now is HIPAA compliant and it opens the doors to many uh, third-party developers. But continuously, we need to gain the trust of consumers and keep that trust. And that's a really important thing to us because we're dealing with their lives. So you were a co-founder at Zoe Health, which is a health coaching startup. Yes. What made you go from the startup world into a health system? Did you know at the time you'd be working on voice? I was very much focused on chat. (laughs) But I had thought about voice as well. What made me go, it actually comes back to the challenges that startups have. One of them was access to data, right? Access to data and the right data. One of the reasons that I joined uh, Providence was, okay, I'm going to be in a setting where we have access to data, we have access to caregivers, and I can actually work with them on the right scenarios and also start experimentation and build this thing. That's one of the challenges. I would also say that for healthcare, when it comes to development uh, of software for healthcare, you have to do that even more carefully because you are touching people's lives. The impact is higher. And also you're dealing with people who are more vulnerable, right? So if I'm trying to help a patient with diabetes type 2, they're already in a vulnerable state. They're coming to me for care. They're using the technology for that. So uh, there is just less room to fail. And for that reason, even when we are working right now, we do, when we do A-B testing or we do uh, releases, we do it at much smaller portions. We, we test much more. We go with a smaller group of people to make sure we have tested it before uh, releasing it. So those were some of the challenges I had. But the reason that I joined is that it's actually I'm working on the same mission. 
access and convenience for healthcare, and I just have access to a good group of people to make this happen. And I love Seattle. Next up, the future. We'll hear how voice apps may one day become fully-fledged assistants and companions. They may even diagnose problems just from the sound of our voice. That's coming up after the break. This season of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast is presented by Primera Blue Cross. At Primera, we talk about what we do all day. We offer access to healthcare. The card in the pocket allows people to go get access to healthcare. Dr. John Espinola is Executive Vice President of Healthcare Services for Primera Blue Cross. The challenge we have is that we know that the healthcare that they get access to doesn't work as well as it could. So we have a duty at Primera to make healthcare work better. That's our job. We give people access to healthcare, yet we give them access to something that's subpar. We have a moral and fiduciary obligation to do better. We're going to do it in partnership with those who may touch the moment of care. Providers, innovators, entrepreneurs, all of these are going to help us move in the direction we need to to make healthcare work better. We're bold enough to take the risk to try to do something that'll make a difference and learn from it and be better along the way. To find out more, visit Primera.com slash innovation. Welcome back to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. So far, we've learned how voice assistants are being used to book appointments and monitor patients. But voice is still in its infancy, especially in healthcare. So what's next? I asked John Brownstein, Chief Innovation Officer at Boston Children's, if these assistants will ever be more like virtual doctors, prescribing medications and recommending treatments. Yeah, you know, I think that is one view of the future that, you know, you have a passive listening device that identifies it a change in your voice that indicates a disease. Maybe that throws you into a telemedicine visit. It could be potentially an AI-driven conversational chatbot that makes a decision that then orders a prescription and that gets delivered by an Amazon to your door. Um, And you may not have ever connected with an actual human throughout that process. It's not a far stretch to see that reality. Do you think the main challenges in getting to a future like the one you just described are technological or are they more defined by what we are and are not willing to do when it comes to our healthcare? I think it's probably a mix. I mean, the technology is not quite there to be able to realize that. It will be, absolutely. And alongside of that, people are evolving, willing to have a fully digital experience. But it's hard to not see how at least a segment of the population and a growing one will be willing because of the convenience to live in that kind of a world. John also thinks that these apps may one day be able to tell when something is wrong just by listening to your voice. Not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it. The volume, the pitch, the rhythm, and the rate of speaking. All those components together give you some indication of health status, whether it's neurocognitive disorders, cardiac events, infectious disease. Miriam Galami from Providence St. Joseph Health thinks hospitals will want to start small with voice apps that don't collect a lot of healthcare information. That's mainly because of privacy concerns. When it comes to voice for healthcare, we have to be very cognizant of the patient's data security and privacy, right? And Amazon is 
the first one among the big tech companies to actually bring a HIPAA compliant platform. We wanted to start with something that doesn't have as much patient information and it's more transactional in nature and start with that, make sure that everything is working. And then we are actually looking at scenarios where in your daily life, you know, you deal with health issues. For example, now you go visit a doctor. Later, you want to do messaging with your doctors and voice has been a natural way in our lives to do that. Or perhaps, you know, you want to Know about your lab results and other things like that, and you can do that through voice. Uh, we are actually piloting other technologies for our caregivers as well. So when you think about doctors, nurses, surgeons, there are scenarios where they need to be hands-free. They are performing care, but at the same time, they need to do documentation. They need to communicate with someone at a different location. And for those things, being hands-free is important. Natural language processing is still improving. There's still work to do there. And then when it comes to healthcare, is a new paradigm. So you have to build language models that are relevant to healthcare. And then also keep in consideration that uh, you know, when you're sick, when you are in a different condition, the way you talk, your voice, both from physical and mental standpoint, is going to be different. So w- with those privacy concerns in mind, what are some of the other skills that you would love to see come to Providence customers in the future? Sure. We are brainstorming many <laughs> But I will tell you about some of the very basic ones. So I go to a doctor and, uh, you know, I booked my appointment. But after that, having access to my health records, not just through web and mobile, right? I may want to say, hey, Alexa, do you have any news about my lab results? Do you have any message from my doctor? But you can also go to continuous care thinking about what if Alexa was asking me how I'm doing every day. And there was this continuous way of asking me about my health and giving that information to my caregivers. We know we have this huge demographic wave uh, where we're going to have way more people in nursing homes than we have staff to care for them. What are some of the ways that Alexa and other voice apps can step in to maybe not provide direct care, but to maybe relieve some of the resource constraints that we have? If you think about it, some basic scenarios are around having a smart room. If I have some sort of a disability or it's hard for me to move, I can actually ask Alexa to perform the task for me through the all these IoT devices. If a patient is within a hospital, what's the most convenient way for them to turn on the lights or turn off the lights or ask a nurse to come to them or operate the TV in their room? voice is actually a very natural way. That's one of the reasons, by the way, you are seeing that Alexa is now getting more popularity in senior care homes. It's convenient. And it's like a companion is the natural way human have interacted for a long time. And by the way, I don't think nurses also like to come and turn on the TV for you or do those things. They want to care for you. They want the emotional connection part. Well, Miriam, thanks so much for coming in to be on the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks to our guests, Miriam Galami of Providence St. Joseph Health and John Brownstein of Boston Children's Hospital. And thank you for listening to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. Tune in next time when we'll be exploring how two startups are using voice apps in surprising ways to improve the lives of doctors and patients. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app or tell a friend or colleague about the show. See more episodes at geekwire.com slash health tech and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This episode of Health Tech was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. 
thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 3, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at Primera.com slash innovation. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com. Sign up for our podcast newsletter to hear all of our shows. I'm reporter James Thorne. Thanks for listening to Health Tech.